it's Thursday the 13th. That's not anything, right? It has to be a Friday for bad stuff to happen? Okay. So we're good. Let's do a radio show. This is Lori and Julia with Rocco pushing the buttons and occasionally chiming in on something (laughs) I find in common with you two. Like, did you know that? that, That's true. Did you know that that, I don't know if Holly mentioned it, that Hacks show with uh, Gene Smart premieres today on HBO? I have a feeling we'll all watch that one together. Oh, and is is it just H-A-C-K? Yeah, H-A-C-K-S. She plays like an aging comedian that lives in Vegas or something. It looks super funny. I am all in on Gene Smart after her performances in Mm -hmm. Mayor and uh, Watchmen. I've never even, I don't even think I knew who she was. Oh, she's now I'm all in. Fall in love with the sexy Gene Smart. Watch Hulu and watch her in the very first episode of Designing Women, where she plays Charlene. Oh, she's on that. The receptionist with a drawl and a pension for long lunch hours with men that she liked to make out with. I like 80s uh, secretaries, if that's what you're going for. Yeah, Rocco, I think you does. She's drop dead gorgeous. She's okay. so tall and statuesque. See, she these really are the is. Things, these are the things I need from you guys. All right, cool. All right. Jean Smart. We're okay. here to please. Now go ahead, take over. Right, go okay. ahead, do your thing. Well, we've got some uh, CDC guidelines to report. Pretty exciting. The CDC, no more masks for fully vaccinated Americans, indoors, outdoors, including in crowds. The exceptions in, are buses, planes, and hospitals, and uh, uh, nursing homes and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just yeah. places where you would protect people who are vulnerable. But this is a big, big day. <laughs> and uh, fully vaccinated means 14 days after your second shot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've got a new, you know, hot well, summer? I felt this way when we got our second yeah, shot, when it was two weeks. Last yeah. Wednesday, I felt liberated. Yeah. And I felt so comfortable uh flying out to seattle because last october i got on a plane and flew to seattle and then when i was with my mom you know we kept our masks on in the house and you know what i mean and my brother was looking at me with what are you doing even flying but i'm just like well i was double masked and you know i want to see my mom and everything and i want to see you but we all kept our masks on in our house playing sorry you know, and some places we didn't even like I had to, you know, a lot of us, we didn't go to family gatherings Mm-mm. because there were maybe more than four people there or whatever. Do you remember how cold Christmas Eve day was? Oh, my gosh. We were, it's like 40 below and we're out in a garage. So I'm I relieved. I I have felt my own personal Same. relief since I am fully vaccinated. Casey, my mom, um, a couple of girlfriends that are like on the fence on it. I finally... I uh, got, uh, you know, something good off of Twitter and somebody had pointed out, if you use Botox, you can take the vaccine. <laughs> and I pointed out to a couple of my friends, right. you've been Botoxing your face for 15 years. You've been putting years. poison in your body. Uh, right. Uh-huh. So, you know, yeah. anyway, kind of funny. Yeah. So I, but I'm glad that they issued that guidance. Because it's, it's a win. What? It's a big win for people because why get vaccinated if you have to still wear a mask and walk right. around with a mask? I mean, it's a big win. And if you're one, if you're going to be one of the people who's decided not to get vaccinated, you're playing with fire. Yeah, and you wear a mask then. You know, you, right. you, the, those people might not even want to wear a mask, but they're playing with fire by just being unvaccinated. Yeah, right. You know, this is how smallpox and measles and polio was eradicated. Everybody got vaccinated. Right. Yeah. So I'm very happy about that. And then I think at the end of maybe May 28th, 
bars and everything yeah. can go back to normal their regular closing yes. time and all of that. They're already so, we're already that happened last weekend. Oh, did it happen last oh, yeah. weekend? Closing time went to closing time. All right. Well, yeah, that's happened. But we're very we're keep yay. going, going, going again. Okay, we have had so many notable people. <sighs> Uh, with Minnesota connections or Minnesota born and raised, starting with Walter Mondale two weeks ago. Yes. That was just huge. Well, yesterday, there's two, two, and then we find out uh, about another person, but we'll start with uh, Jim Klobuchar, longtime newspaper columnist from the Star Tribune. Uh, Senator Amy Amy Klobuchar's dad. He was uh, 93 years old, and he passed away, and the Star Tribune had a really great write up about him and he had a even when he retired when he was like in his 80s he led these biking trips and trekking trips and went to nepal and he just had a really great last act if you will doesn't it feel like the people who have that little extra oomph continue to do something interesting and stay more involved because we're going to learn about a duluth you know ski or two at the last oomph Oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, that's uh, uh, George Hovland died uh, up in Duluth, and he's a... uh, 94. 94. He's a former Nordic skiing Olympian and World War II vet. I know his his son, Butch, and uh, George uh, Hovland is the reason that anything to do with skiing in Duluth, you can thank George Hovland. He Mm -hmm. had the vision for Spirit Mountain Got all the people together, helped get all that money, also uh, cross-country skiing. He was just kind of an amazing civic uh, person who just had a real passion for the outdoors. So the cross-country skiing that's there. Right. Um, his favorite place to, to cross-country was, uh, it's called Duluth Snowflake, a trail system that the Hovlands created in 93 and owned until just a few years ago. And he was just skiing at Spirit Mountain as, as recently as this past winter. Oh. Yeah. And he was the age uh, group champion for NASTAR, a recreational ski program at the age of 91 in 2017. He was just... I kind, love that. Kind of an, a, an, a, a, I guess he sky, skied the entirety of the American Berkebiner in atrial fibrillation. Is that a heart attack? You're having a heart attack. I I guess because yeah. I was wow because but yeah that's he, amazing. Yeah, your mom might have known like Ski Kenwood was yes. a little ski area right by Saint Scholastica, and then when this this the hill. I mean, we've all skied at Spirit Mountain, haven't we? Oh, Rocco, I have not. I've been a Lutzen, but not Spirit. Oh, oh, Spirit is fun. I've heard good things about Spirit. Yeah, it really is the far side, the far not the front hills because the far danger. Yeah, yeah, but um. Anyway, he just like got things done. He's just a a, a cool guy. And then uh, Casey was all you know wanting to talk about uh, Burnsy. Jerry, Jerry Burns, Burns passed away I, at the age of ninety four. Former Viking coach. I played, read I read a stat today that he is the last Vikings coach that won two playoff games in a year. Wow! Like all the other ones since then, Dennis Green and. Uh, all, this, all the ones since then have won one game, but Burnsy's the last guy to win two. Yeah. My friend Lisa and I played doubles against his daughter and this other woman last fall. Yeah. She was so fun. She said her dad was just something. Just vibrant and everything, you know? And I, I, how do you not remember those years fondly? Yeah. Um, If you were around and would listen to the interviews, the TV interviews and the radio interviews, and that's something that he's the last one that won two 
playoff games in the same year. Yeah, that's and a he was known for his vulgar. Oh, uh, press unbelievable! But and it wasn't made he me like laugh. A really innovative offensive coordinator, wasn't that his? Big I think claim that's to true. Fame? I think he uh, invent he if I if I remember correctly, he invented like the West Coast offense, which is which kind of revolutionized football. I think it changed the way you know you, short passes really helped and this and that and. It helped, uh, I think, San Francisco win a bunch of Super Bowls because he was part of that coaching system out there. Right. Um, so Bud Grant, his mm-hmm. buddy, is going to miss him. And Patrick Royce wrote just the sweetest yeah. column about him today. So, yeah, just uh, Klobuchar, Mondale, Bernsey, Hoffman, just all dudes in the 90s. And, and really so. doing a lot to the very end. It, that's And, Julia, there's uh, what? one more. Right. I don't want to. Don't the guy? Uh, oh, I, the Post-it the note Post-it guy note from guy. 3M died. And 3M, the co-creator of the Post-it note, hmm. he passed away. He was in his 80s, and I I don't know what I did with his All right. obituary, but I I think that was in in uh, Monday's paper. So, but yeah, he was like uh, in his 80s and stuff, and kind of a wild story how came up with the no kidding that is a good story so that is a good story even though i don't have it i know this i mean we all know and love our post-it notes absolutely love them all right listen when we come back it's our story we can't get enough of i don't hate that song i don't either (laughs) (laughs) this is a good day we don't hate that song um Okay, so uh, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have been busy this week. They've announced new partnerships. Uh, like on Mother's Day, they announced, uh, Megan and Harry announced that Archwell had partnered with Procter & Gamble to make a huge donation to Harvest Home, which is an L.A. charity that works with homeless pregnant okay. women. And now Archwell has large, launched an even bigger partnership with Procter & Gamble. It's a multi-year global partnership focused on gender equality, uh, inclusive online spaces, and resilience and impact through sports. So the Hollywood speak on that is Procter & Gamble is giving money, and Harry and Meghan are researching what ch- charities are going to get. Sure. So, I mean, this is like... What a great job. How wonderful, yeah. you know? Nothing, you know, uh, uh, you know, going on there, but of course, you know, they'll figure out a way across the pond in the papers to yell at Harry about this, and now Harry Prince Harry is once again blindsided the palace by appearing on a local podcast, and that podcast is Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert, which regularly breaks and makes news because he basically does get all of all his friends who are celebrities on his show. On yep, his show, yep. and they talk, they get deep, and so it's known if you go on that chair... You're going to share you're going to share stuff. It's kind of so, like Howard Stern without the sexual aspect. I mean, Howard used to always have a little, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he's, he's... He's not as good, but I'm just saying, he he, he gets people to dish. Yeah, yeah. He's he a shares, good interviewer. He yeah. goes real deep. And Dak Shepard, they had a very interesting um, discussion. And somehow, to, by tomorrow, you know, here, they'll be yelling that yeah, Harry yeah, yeah. is criticizing He yelled this, at his dad. And it, this, and that, stuff. and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's really um, kind of ridiculous. But we do have a little, um, I think this is from the Today Show. 
Some royal news. Prince Harry, the royal, <laughs> recently sat down with actor Dak Shepard and co-host Monica Padman for the latest episode of the Armchair Expert podcast. The California-based royal opened up on his battle to fight the stigma surrounding mental health and what his personal journey with emotional wellness has been like. And here's what he had to say looking back on the biggest moments in his life and how they impacted his mental health. Helplessness. Yeah. That's my biggest sort of Achilles heel. The three major times I felt completely helpless. One, when I was a kid in the back of the car with my mum being chased by paparazzi. Two was in Afghanistan in an Apache helicopter. And then the third one was with my wife. And those are the moments in my life where, yeah, feeling helpless hurts. It really hurts. Harry went on to say that despite being a member of the royal family, he recalls his mom, Diana, trying to take him and his brother, William, on normal errands like going to the grocery store, which ironically turned out to be one of the first places that he went with Megan when they started dating. And, and he said he was incognito and they were texting at a supermarket. At a supermarket. She was one lane over and they were just texting back and forth to yeah, each other. Yeah, that's getting a lot of the play, but in listening... Well, first of all, I love that uh, when the Today Show posted it, uh, somebody, one of the first comments was, oh, how much did Harry cash in on this? And Dak Shepard himself replied and said, I don't pay guests, but I'm trying to convince them to pay me, <laughs> which I thought was pretty Very funny. funny. But, yeah. um, he said, um, you know, he taught, I guess what I, in listening to more of it, he constantly stressed his awareness about other people's challenges and traumas and made sure to say in no way am i uh you know i know that i had this privileged, privileged life, life yes but with it did come struggles and and he said about he said as a kid he goes i was told you need help as a case of not weakness but i don't know how to deal with this you're unhinged you're not very well go and seek help and he said it caused him to object and run away saying every one of us will try to find some way to mask the actual feeling and try to feel different than how we actually feel, mm -hmm. which I thought that was really good. And he said also told Dax, for me, unfortunately, in today's world, it's quite a su sensitive subject mental health not just for people who are hey it's mike and i'm so excited to tell you about factors delicious ready to eat meals we're all busy and with factor eating fresh never frozen chef crafted meals has never been simpler two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are you'll have over 35 different options to choose from including calorie smart protein plus and keto get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Sharing. 
but ultimately the subject matter itself has to be handled with care. When it ends up getting weaponized by certain people, you can't predict it, but it doesn't worry me anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was kind of, and he also said that, um, he said there are, there are corners of the media who question if he's privileged, how can he be suffering? And people say, well, how bad can it be? You had people running around doing this and that. And he said, I was born into privilege, but it gave me a front row seat. My education was not in school, but was in meeting people across the Commonwealth. And I feel lucky for that. Mm-hmm. It was just, it's, it, he's, uh, I love him. Well, here's I something, here, here's him. something that I thought, um, that I thought might be a little bit problematic only because his, I don't feel like his dad and him are on like great terms. It's just my perception. I think your perception is. Yeah. I don't think they're on great terms. So they were talking about, um, you know, um, he talked about parenting and his dad, Dax asked him about parenting your dad, Prince Charles. And he think, you know, I don't think we should be pointing the finger or blaming anybody, but certainly when it comes to parenting, what I've experienced, Prince Harry says, some form of pain or suffering because of the pain or suffering that perhaps my father's or my parents had suffered. He's going to make sure that that cycle doesn't pass it on to his son and repeat himself. You know what? That happened to me. I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen to you. Yeah. So that could be said that his father raised him how his father raised him. You know, kind of nannies, tutors going off to school. And also... Not a lot of kindling and love like he got from his mom. I think, yeah, he got maybe more of that after his mom died. But I think, too, that Charles... We see it in his upbringing. Charles and Williams don't have a choice in this. And he has said this. Mm -hmm. I got to walk away. I feel so relieved that I was able to do this. They don't. Right. So there's going to be a bit of... You know, like, why couldn't you just suck it up? Buck it up big time. You're This is the deal. Right. This is what our not, family does. But this is not what the spares do. Yeah. So that that is, of course. So I just thought that one might yeah. be a little bit. Yeah, yeah. His um, dad is a very, you know, not able to express emotion. I mean, for goodness sakes, his dad has his shoes tied and toothpaste squirted on his <laughs> toothbrush every day. I mean, this is... Not going to be an emotionally, no. you know, I mean, right? One hundred percent. So rigid. It is so rigid. So it is so rigid. Anyway, so I think we'll we'll find stuff. He also said that his life was kind of. He said it's a mix between the Truman, the Truman Show and living in a zoo, the royal life. So being observed like you're in a caged animal and then being and, in. And, and, and Dak said, so it's like that. And he said, well, it's it's your job. Grin and bear it. Get on with it. And I was just thinking, I remember my early 20s just thinking, oh, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. Yeah. Which is he why wanted I out. the army. Mm-hmm. Happy yeah. sunny, fabulous Thursday. It's Thursday. We didn't even do a throwback on our Insta today. Lori, we did a Today, a real life shot. Okay, so we so, did a Today, Thursday shot. We did a Today, Thursday shot. Finding out if, if my center part, I just had my hair blonde and darkened and everything colored mm. by the lovely Kelly. Yeah. At Spillon. And um, she t- tried to style it. And I said, well, should we? She said, you know, the color looks really good right here. Should we part in the middle? I'm like, let's try it. I'm not, you know, there's the whole thing about center part, side part, depending what generation you are. And... 
does my center part look chuggy? So I posted mm-hmm. it on Lori and Julie oh, on her God. Instagram page. People have opinions. Did oh, you good. say that to Kelly, your stylist? Don't make me look too chuggy. No, because I forgot the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking. You can see me now, Wacko, because we can see each other yeah. now. I, I I don't know if it's chuggy or not. But so I said, hashtag center part. Is it do or don't? Is this just hashtag chuggy? So here's the answers. I love this. Um, I was always told the center part emphasizes the nose. If that's the goal, go for it. (laughs) Slam. Um, Someone says, life is short, do what makes you feel good. Someone says, nope. And then someone says, it's actually slightly off center. It is. And then this woman says, I thought it was me at first and freaked me out. So she must look like me. (laughs) Someone says, don't. Someone said, thumbs up. Someone says, do, do, uh, do, love it. And then... um, um, I live for center parts. Mm-hmm. This person says, um, Davina, I think it looks great on you. And someone else says you can do it. But my favorite of the first ones don't. If the if the objective is to emphasize the nose, because I, I sent a picture to my little sister, because you know, Catherine, we, we are morphing into the same person. Julia, I am going to show Rocco when <laughs> okay. you're not here yeah. a picture of Casey with the mustache. And then he's she's just gonna say, but really, Jules, it's you look Julia. like your brother more than your sister. Yeah. <laughs> um it's frightening right now if you had a mustache right now, how much you'd look like long haired Casey. Someone who was wearing okay, I watched last night, um, you know, we talked about it last week, Girls Five Ever on Peacock. Did you ever even watch one? I haven't been able to watch it's- it darling that's what i've heard that so this is so good i just watched one last week and then last night i watched three more oh, wow and one of the ladies is a dentist and um she's hysterical Pell yeah and, and she's hysterical but she's got her dental glasses on and she's looking at her friend and says you know if the goal is to have a mustache at our age you're doing well because right. she had on the high high you right, know right, right. <laughs> glasses oh, yeah. and so when you just said that if you have a mustache yeah i mean really mm-hmm. but it that show is so um the daily beast said it's the most bingeable show we've had since bridgerton it's really it's really fun because it taps it, it's warm and fuzzy it's also cringeworthy how much losers they are at times um and it's also their friendship is silly it's it's they were I, a girl group on September 10th, 2001, and they released their big hit single. And an Airplane next, Through My Heart. And yeah, then that was the name of their song. Yeah. And then the next day was 9-11, and they fell out into obscurity right away. Right but away. Somebody uses their song. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, samples something? it, and so they come back a little bit. And then they can't really publish or do stuff because they signed a contract with the guy that gets like 85% of all their things. So it's... But their relationships are cute, but they had this one thing about um, one of Sarah Bareilles, who's on it, has a single child in New York City. And you saw, um, who is the guy from Mad Men, Slattery? John Slattery. Yeah, he shows up on it. And they talk about having an only child syndrome and how that only child suddenly looks like your grandfather and wears a fedora and acts, you know, the only child syndrome with mm-hmm. older people who have just one child. I'm sorry, Rocco, I'm just looking at you right now because you have only one child. True. And I know other people and that child can get along with adults better than anybody yeah. and how they do stuff. And so Sarah Bareilles is just like, you're talking about my kid. You're talking. And it was just, it was very relatable. It's very There's fun. A, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. just fun. It's relatable. They're silly. I had no idea. I'm just looking up Paula Pell now. I had no idea she was a Saturday Night Live writer. She created Debbie Downer. Oh, she's... And those uh, 
uh, cheerleaders with the yeah, yes, she'll act once she in a does while, once. Yeah, she yeah you know that. what she's on is that AP Bio, which is a pretty funny show with mm-hmm. Patton Oswalt and the guy from It's Always Sunny. No, she's funny. And she's, she's iconic writer on she's, SNL. Back she's in great in this. No idea till just mm-hmm. now. She's oh. really this show funny. is fun. It's on Peacock, so if you have you know Xfinity, it's free. But you can try to get a free thing. But I really. It it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun show. It makes you smile. All right, it's a good one. Um. Okay. Well, I think speaking of uh, you know, shows. Um. You know, we heard yesterday via the Hollywood Reporter that Ellen DeGeneres announced that she would be leaving her yes. talk show, and she told the Hollywood Reporter she was leaving because it was no longer challenging, challenging. and that uh, on the end of her nineteenth year, um, and uh, and then today. Today, Julia, she, uh, in 24 hours, the tenor of her exit speech changed quite rapidly because Savannah Guthrie yesterday, after she gets off the air on NBC, flies to L.A. to interview Ellen on the set of her show and then flies back and was back on the Today Show this morning. And Ellen taped uh, two shows yesterday, apparently her... Tuesday show, and then she taped her Wednesday show where she told the audience goodbye. Okay. Or I guess it's today's show, Thursday show, and Oprah was on. So Savannah talked to her right after that taping of that show. And uh, yeah, the tenor changed quite a bit. Well, like to what? Well, Ellen, let's take a listen. All right. But it's been a difficult season of Ellen's life. Last summer, headlines swirled, calling her kind image into question. Former staffers calling the work environment on her show toxic. There will be people who think, oh, Ellen's leaving now because of everything that went on. If it was why I was quitting, I would have not come back this year. I really did think about not coming back because it it did, um, you know, I mean, it was devastating. I am... A kind person. I am a person who likes to make people happy. I just kept saying to, to Portia, I was like, if, if I was a fan of somebody and even if I loved them, I would think there must be some truth to it because it's not stopping. And then right on the heels of that, I hear in the, I read in the press that there's a toxic work environment, which, I mean, I had no idea, never saw anything that would even point to that. Okay. Okay. So, so, so even so the, she's shocked. Even the fact, though, that she had no idea in her own place of work uh, for seventeen years that there wasn't one little thing wrong, and they end up firing three producers. Take the fall. I've heard Andy Cohen talk about her lead producer that she got rid of that was with her since the beginning, and how good he was, and what a sacrifice that he. He was basically sacrificed for Ellen. Right. And when she says she would have left uh, last summer, that would have been a lot of money she would have had to pay back to CBS. Right. Maybe $84 million. I don't see Ellen doing that, paying that kind of money back, and that saying that, you know, that she read in the press. I mean, that BuzzFeed thing, people were suicidal there were people that were coming out of the woodwork going all the way back to like the second year of her show they had the reason it was so explosive is that people just kept coming forward it kept and coming forward snowballing and then basically you know people were like yeah when you move to hollywood 
You're going to learn about parking tickets in Hollywood and learning about Ellen DeGeneres that she's mm-hmm. mean as hell to work for. Common amongst anyone that's in the business that wants to get in show business. Let's play the next one. You feel like you were being canceled? I mean, I really didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. Oh. It was too orchestrated. It was too coordinated. <laughs> and, you know, people get picked on, but for four months straight for me, and then for, you know, for me to read in the press about a toxic work environment when, when all I've ever heard from every guest that comes on the show is what a happy atmosphere this is and how, what a happy place it is. There are probably people who are thinking, how could you not know? And if you didn't know, should you have known? I, I don't know how I could have known when there's 255 employees here and there are a lot of different buildings unless I literally, you know, stayed here, you know, until the last person goes home at night. It is my name on the show. So clearly it affects me and I have to be the one to stand up and say this can't be tolerated. But I do wish somebody would have come to me and said, hey, something's going on that you should know about. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. When you hear from every guest who's on the show, of course, guest relations are th- completely different than in workplace environment well the fact that the fact that every all I've guest ever heard is from all my hollywood friends how right. great of a show it is right that's sure, not the Ellen, people that work there i mean longtime celebrity friends and surface congratulations uh way more than the experiences of the employees who saying it was toxic i never heard one thing people weren't allowed to talk to her mm-hmm. i mean she is really coming off as clueless in this interview. Well, the thing about saying, all my guests said, what a great place this is and everything. I think everything, but doesn't that tell you everything Mm -hmm. that she, but everyone says it's fine. No one ever says that has nothing to do with employees. Had a bad show at the end of the show. You're not going to yell at the book author you had on. You'd yell at me. You'd yell at Donna. Exactly. That's who would feel it. Not your guests. Your guests you treat like royalty. Exactly. Yeah, so that didn't make That was the one that got me. Every guest says it's the best experience and I'm like, Dom, we try to make every guest who comes here feel like they're having a glass of wine with us. Yeah, and the fact saying she didn't understand, that means she didn't even, I mean, there were very specific, it was a lot of racial kind of aggressions that happen if anyone did complain about the um environment or wow it's kind of mean Mm -hmm. around here people were told oh are you part of the pc police it was very much if you read the buzzfeed in the subsequent stories it was it just sounded like people quelled people quelled any negative you know comments from the people that worked there immediately and people Mm -hmm. didn't stay long yeah except for the long time we've got one more okay okay Ellen's show has stood the test of time in this space, in daytime talk shows, a lot of times it is the salacious and the sizzly stuff. You never did a show like that. Mm-mm. No. People would say, why don't you do, why'd you do daytime? Why don't you do nighttime? And it's like, I would do this exact show at night. I wouldn't change a thing. Not like a slinky dress or something? Oh, yeah, I'd wear a slinky dress. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't talking about the clothing. For sure. Next season, it's going to be all slinky dresses. Oh, great. Slinky dress 19. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah. What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of um, going 19 years on this show. I mean, this is an, an accomplishment. I'm proud of the kind of show we do. I'm proud that we are funny. Obviously, they're showing stuff. Yeah. Helpful to people and that we represent acts of kindness. I happen to know that that washer and dryer. That's a big big record. That one's kind of a long one. But at the end of the piece, 
NBC, it was the strangest thing. They basically likened um, that when Ellen's sitcom was canceled in the 90s mm-hmm. because she came out as gay, right? they were likening uh, the homophobia of the 90s to the, to the accusations of dozens of Ellen's employees as being on the same level. Like those people were orchestrated. It was a very kind of insidious like jump that they right. were making. An assumption. Assumption to make because it's like it totally, this was a, an internal investigation and CBS had to come out and say, yeah, we're guilty of right. running a bad workplace and for a long time. Right. And these are the steps. So, I mean, Ellen is leaving and it's cute that she's trying to rehab her image before she exit the show but basically all i got from it was that she's blaming society for not liking her similar to what gwyneth pelter she doesn't get it at all mm-hmm. she doesn't really get oprah had uh look at many people oprah had running for her you damn well know oprah wouldn't know what her work environment was like right and she had similar amount of things mm-hmm. so it just it's weird uh and also don't forget in the beginning of the pandemic over 30 of Ellen's employees were let go. Were let go without any notice, mm-hmm. and non union people were hired up in Santa Barbara, That's Montecito. Right. That's right. So, oh, Lori. Did it show? You've got an iron trap. Well, I mean, I just, I, did, I think it's a big stretch for her to say that it uh, was an orchestrated thing against her that totally disbelieves then all these people who. It felt, discredits it everybody. It discredits. Yeah. I'm just like. I, Get yourself a PR manager or stop uh, somewhere. Anne Hayes is laughing. Drinking well, we'll tea. see. We'll right. see the TikTok video she makes later today. <laughs> we'll be right back. Playing Stevie Wonder's happy birthday song to Stevie Wonder himself, who turned 71. Is that all he is? Yeah, that's how okay. long he's been oh, in the public eye. My word. I feel Stevie like Wonder. I feel like he should be way older right? than that. <laughs> right? Well, he started pretty young. He did. Wow. Little Stevie. Little Stevie Wonder. Wow. So yeah, he's only 71. That was just kind of I was like kind of the same thing. I thought, oh, surely he's like Bob Dylan's age. Or no something. kidding. We need yeah. to give a shout out to Stacy Sinclair. You know who you are with the good manners. Mm-hmm. She sent us a cute card. Thanks for doing all you do every day. Keep up the good work. She got the mystery of Miss Mrs. Christine. And when she's fin- Christie. Yeah, but she wrote Christine. Okay. Uh when I finish reading it, I'll pass it along to another girlfriend. I actually um she just said, thanks so much. So that's sweet. But I actually got, when I went out with my Tommy mommies last week, you were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the women, Christine, which just made me think of that, brought back the Huntress that I had lent her um, three and a half, four years ago, maybe when that book was on. Yeah. And she said, this book went through my cul-de-sac, went through my mom, oh. went through my friends. Everyone has read it. And she literally shows up with it and brings it back. It was so funny. That was That's a great, great book. book. That was a great book, but I just thought, that's kind of nice, sweet manners. Same, wasn't the Huntress? Was that the same yes, as that yes, Quinn? Yes, yeah, who Alice wrote Network. the Rose Coat? Oh, you guys, that's such a good book. It is. Such a good book. Okay, well, I have a Kelly Clarkson treat for you today, but not a song. All right, fine. I guess. We love, we love our Kelly. Yeah, Kelly Clarkson. Who, who did I- a Barefoot concert at Excel Center. Yeah, so cute. And I know... She's got to be circling that time slot. Uh, apparently, Tiffany Haddish has filled in the most this last year for, for Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres. So she's possibly in 
in uh, talks, and I could see Steve, she would be good because you got to be able to be good on your feet and just riff. Yep. Steve and Elizabeth, Steve likes to think um, from, you know, mm-hmm. Donna and Steve and Twin Cities Live. He's, he was he said to Dan, the show, that he'd like to take a little credit for wiping Ellen off and the ratings off because, you know, it doesn't air on our oh, network because right. Kelly Clarkson is on before them. Right. And he says, I'll take a little credit for that. And I thought that's kind of yeah, funny. That's good. Well, so she- that is a big time slot that'll be open, though. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And Kelly had on... Um, Seth Rogen, uh, yesterday, I believe it was, and he is promoting his new sort of uh, book of essays or something like mm-hmm. that. I'm not quite sure what it's called. Um, Seth. No, it's called something. It's a one word name, but his, his show. But uh, no, not, nothing <laughs> like that. And uh, she wanted to uh, ask him about the Ah uh, Kelly Clarkson line from The 40 Year Old Virgin when Steve Carell yells it. Here we go. Judd Apatow yeah. told me um, that, and I want to know if it's true, he told me that it's your fault that people scream my name everywhere I go. Ah, Kelly Clarkson, everywhere I go. I could literally do anything. in the doesn't matter how many hits, what I do in life. I could save a family from drowning, fires. I could do anything. And literally the one thing people know me from is... Ah, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Yes. So um, is this true? <laughs> well, I'm I'm terribly sorry. First of all, I owe you a, I owe you an apology. No, it's um, awesome. It is true. Yes, that is true. It, it was. Um, I was a co-producer on on the Four Year Old Virgin. I was also in it, but um, it was uh, I was a writer mostly by trade at the time. Um, so I was hired to write also like uh, jokes. We call them alt jokes or alternate jokes. Um, and we knew Carell was going to be waxed, and he wouldn't be able to think clearly, probably. So we wanted to just be able to feed him <laughs> things to say. And we don't always like to only have profanity. So uh, Judd was like, "You should write a list of jokes that are like uh, dirty jokes, like and and a list of clean jokes." <laughs> um, and it was hard to write the clean jokes. Um, and I honestly think I was sitting on my couch writing the jokes, and you came on television, <laughs> and I saw you, and it was Kelly Clarkson. I That's, do have the scene here, too, if you want to hear Yes, okay. I want to hear it. This is him getting waxed. I guess I never remembered that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, do and we then, have one more? Yes, we do. So it continues. Time. Yep. Uh... Yeah, the thing might wrap and up. And in comedy, there's a thing with like "ka" sounds. Like they say, like comedy K, like they, like a K sound is is known for being funny in 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 the comedy world. I didn't know that. And so I saw your name, and it was Kelly Clarkson, and there it was. And there's an actual. I'm picture in between of- burger panties. And throbbing monkey tail. I like it. How much of that list just has to be completely blurred out? You see, I stuck to the assignment, though, really, of doing one That's good, Mark. The name of the book is Your Book. She goes on to say, basically, she could be anywhere in the world, and the first thing somebody will say to her is is not, hey, since you've been gone, they say, oh, Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. I kind of love that. I know. I love that. It sounds to me similar to Rob Lowe's stories I only tell my friends. He's, you know, there. It's not like a like a memoir start yeah. to finish. It's kind of like almost like essayish. Yeah, that's what will. he says. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was a very funny uh, clip of the two of them, and I like uh, 
Seth, given all of that, and it is true about that K sound. Yes, it is. Good marketing, brand mm-hmm. new name, all of that. Anyway, hey, Rocco, thanks for getting on Kelly Clark. That's fun. <laughs> that was I really forgot about that, but yeah. that was a very, very funny scene. All right, we will be right back. You're listening to Lori and Julia on My Talk 1071. Yeah, next hour we're going to give away uh, that screening of the Pink uh, concert film, too, so be listening for that.